Everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. Into the straight, 300 left around Commandeering. Quickly headed off by Situation Room. Stella Power pulled to the outside. And right on the outside, running on pretty well was Hodgson. Where's Ezekiel? It's uh, coming through strongly now. Soon afterwards, Ezekiel and Carr hit the go button. Went to Situation Room. Then Hodgson, you'll be missed. Wider on the track with King Gutho. But the favourite is home and hosed. Away with Ezekiel, a one by three and a half. Situation Room second. King and favourite punters were cheering there. Uh, given that horse was heavily supported and broke a track record two runs ago for Cody Morgan. Tony Clements is with us on Bushbeat. How are you, Tony? Good morning. Um, great, thank you, Steve. Hello to you and good morning, everyone. And yes, Ezekiel taking out the Magic Millions Country Cup last Saturday at Aquas Park at the Gold Coast. One of only two races that were able to be conducted, as we know, with the balance of the card coming up on Thursday. But a great win by Ezekiel. As you said, Steve, the favourite back is there starting at 3.40 and a big thrill also to see uh, Jamie Carr sitting there at the Gold Coast. Ezekiel was a, a $220,000 purchase bought by Aquas Farm, actually, at the 2020 Gold Coast January Yearling Sale and is now raced by uh, Jamie Lovett and Luke Murrell from Australian Bloodstock, amongst their many other connections. That was his fifth win. His uh, tally is starting to build up a very nice CV, including the Armadale Newmarket and now the Magic Millions Country Cup. Down in the field, and would we have loved to have had one in the field, was Brazen Breckier, who is raced in partnership by the trainer, John Manselman, and my partner in crime on Bushbeat, Rob Luck, is with us. Good morning, Rob. Yeah, good morning, Tony. Good morning, listeners. And, uh, yeah, it looked like it was going to be a fabulous start, in a way, for the uh, Magic Millions program on Saturday with, uh, I mean, you couldn't script it better with Jamie Carr riding that particular winner, the favourite getting home. And, yes, we were hoping for a top ten finish. We missed out by a long neck, Tony, but it was still wonderful uh, to be there on the day and we all know the situation that developed and of course uh, that racing to continue on uh, Thursday but I did catch up with with uh, Rodney Hay uh, who has been having a great run of success with his horses uh, in recent times Tony of course they spread far and wide I mean David Rebold has some uh, out in Longreach uh, Rodney has been training himself and of course Tash Chambers has uh, a good winner that came out of the uh, the meeting at Rockhampton in Palace House. Now, how about this? You're talking about the breeding there or the result there for Ezekiel. Now, what about Palace House, a Frankel five-year-old gelding that came off two trials for Tash Chambers, uh, trained and ridden for a first-up win at Rockhampton. And uh, I think uh, from what uh, Rodney was suggesting, he might have been headed over to the sales for that night session, but good luck to him. Uh, for this Thursday because he has Petronius with ba- the Barry Lockwood train Petronius going around in race eight and it's a horse in tremendous form but he, he's having a great run um, he sold his cattle property out there at Taroom and uh, he's stocking up with these race horses and, uh, and good luck to him because it's paying off you mentioned that uh, Rockhampton program that was Tuesday of last week and yeah Tash Chambers ra- uh, rode and trained the uh, opening winner there in Palace House in the uh, 1400 metre maiden. Clinton Taylor had a winning double on the day in Divine Purpose and Kick on Command winning the next two uh, two races for Justin Stanley and Ash Butler uh, respectively. Other tab meetings we had last week, they raced for Kilcoy on Thursday but the honours were shared evenly there. No multiple winners on the day. Townsville Friday, Ryan Wiggins and Jason Taylor 
as uh, Jason Wigo do, uh, road doubles at uh, that uh, provincial card. And Warwick on Saturday, well done to the uh, Tom Button and Ryan Tyrren stable, a double there with Heroic Rose and Zatara. And it was uh, one of the first country heist races for the current season, that benchmark 62 over the 1350, taken out by the Andrew Partnership in Billy Rose, riding for uh, trainer husband Brenton on Arthur in Charge. We're looking back at the weekend of racing. Sorry, Rob. Oh, could you fill me on the country heist again, Tony? I know you're the keeper of the series, but I, I might have missed something with the country heist. No, just one of those sort of races. It's more the, the catchy name that uh, I caught up on rather than it's a uh, an actual series where there's points and, and okay. finals and maybe a bonus or something like that. It was more just a case of um, when you have a look through the calendar, there's different races that do appear. It's not a qualifying series like the um, uh, the dual races are, and we've got the first of those coming up um, starting in February at Townsville with the uh, two- and three-year-old duels to be held at Doomben on the 18th of March. But, yeah, the country heist was... Basically, it was the, uh, the, th- the fourth race on the program, the Bolina Stud Country Highest Benchmark 62. I just like the name of it, that's all. Yeah, it is a good name, very catchy. And uh, just, just one quick final thing before we go any further, Tony. I did get to sneak over to book two of the Magic Million sales. That uh, tends to bring it back into the, uh, the level, the average level. I noticed the average for book two uh, yesterday. Uh, came in around the 62,500, up about 5,000 on 2022, whereas overall the Magic Millions uh, average stayed around the same for the overall sale at around 241,000 both years. The median price coming in at 170,000 versus 180,000 in 2022, and of course we all saw sunlight uh, with 2.6 million, but then overtaken by the I'm Invincible at 2.7 million in the uh, top thing. But um, just one horse that we have mentioned on Bushbeat before in the country area, Murray's Press. I saw a half-sister go through to that, and I believe it might be headed to Cole Spry, that uh, area up in Townsville. Uh, went through for 22,500 and looked very similar to Maurice Press, who's done so well on the country scene for Shane Iverson and Basil Nolan. So great to be able to catch up and be over there and uh, and see those uh, those uh, horses go through yesterday as we uh, now move and catch catch the bug for going to the March sale, that big cuter sale in March, Tony, was the uh, next point of interest for the uh, breeders and buyers in Queensland. Our thoughts with uh, a lot of people around the central parts of Queensland at the moment who have just been copping it over the last week or so, up to a 1,000 millimetres of rain in some areas around uh, Proserpine and Finch Hatton and uh, totals a little bit less than that, but not much less around the Mackay region. So certainly our thoughts with those who are affected by some of that uh, torrential rain, and unfortunately there's more on the way from what I've been looking at the radar this week. Uh, we lost the meeting on Saturday, Rob, at Atherton, uh, but we were able to race at Thangool on Saturday, and that's where we're going to shine the spotlight, first of all, on Bush Beach, starting off with uh, this win in the last race in the Billawheeler Plumbing Works Benchmark 55. Hannah Richardson aboard the Ben Waldron train was met. Thunder down the side of the course and the pace is on. Joey Jaws up on the outside attacking the lead. On the inside was Metters railed through to go to the lead coming to the corner from Joey Jaws. Tolucci just behind them from Grey CD. Borney's lad. No better affair. Was Met brings them onto the bend. Leads a half clear. Was Met leads into the straight by a half. Joey Jaws tries hard on the outside. Borney's lad winding up and coming from well back but Was Met is clear. He's here clear inside the hundred and Was Met he'll be too good. Was Met 
goes on and scores from Borney's lad, photo third. Xenia is there with Joey Jaws in former. Was met uh, winning the last race there at the Thangul program on Saturday, previously with Gwenda Johnson and been with Ben Waldron uh, since about uh, Easter or so last year. And uh, that's back-to-back wins after saluting at Taroom in a benchmark 60 on New Year's Eve. I mentioned Hannah Richardson in the saddle there. And Rob Hannah is with us this morning. Good morning, Hannah. Good morning, guys. Yeah, good morning to you, Hannah. Um, particular interest in this winner you had there, which was the uh, the second of your double on the day, was met. I can remember calling, I think it was at Bar Calden and been following it since his helmet mare, now four from 14, won at Taroon last start. And uh, it was a first run on the track. How did how did it feel, was met, as a galloper that's potentially going forward? Yeah, for sure. She's um she's a lovely mare. Um, she's obviously... At- as a form suggests, she's, she's been very consistent um, with the Waldron stable. Um, a lot of her runs have, have been on the sand um, with with the guys out at Roma, but um, I think she handled the the grass track just as well on the weekend. Um, it did. It was starting to open up a bit with those very light showers we had throughout the day, but um, the track was still in pretty good order by the by the end of the day. And yeah, I think she was just as good on the grass. She ticks a few boxes by the sound of it, doesn't she? Sand, grass, now with a bit of wet track uh, happening there and, and certainly can be an on-pace runner. Yeah, definitely. I, I think probably uh, the 800 um, is probably was a touch short for her. Um, she sort of just was pushed out of her comfort zone a bit, but I do think she's probably better over that slightly further distance um, where she can sort of dictate and, and travel a little bit more comfortably. Um, but she's definitely... Uh, a mare that's sort of uh, on the way up and, and racing very well and I think um, there's probably a few more wins left in her too. And we often yeah. talk about some of these horses uh, seem to go better for the girls than they do for the boys and that might be the case with Was Better. Looking back at those four wins uh, since uh, Ben got her, uh, Brooke Richardson won at that race where Rob was talking about at Bar Calden and then Soraya Champion won at Roma. Uh, Brooke was back on for that win at Taruma and now you... Is there anything in that, do you reckon, uh, about the horses run better for some some riders than others? <laughs> oh, possibly. Um, yeah, she's um, the form suggests that. Um, but no, oh, she, she's a pretty easy mare to ride and she's easy to get along with, so I don't see why anyone uh, would have any trouble riding her, that's for sure. Well, you can say to Gary Gearing, you didn't, you couldn't do it. You only ran third at Gimby. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, yeah. Um, yeah, he, 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 I think she actually was a bit unlucky that day. I think a couple of things went wrong. So, um, yeah, she probably may have, may, may have um, won that day. But, yeah, things didn't work out for her, unfortunately. <laughs> well, one that uh, I'm sure does go well for you because it's in the stable with husband Glenn. Uh, Johnny Deep was the first of your winners, the Telemon Thoroughbred's cutest maiden plate. Not a cutest horse, Johnny Deep, being by Deep Field. It was another one having its first run at the, uh, the track, uh, Hannah, and... And uh, just take us through the run with Johnny Deep. But also, I noticed, I'm pretty sure I saw it's gone now to Raymond Williams. Yeah. Um, so, Glenn bought him off the auction uh, pretty cheap um, a few weeks ago now. Um, and we basically just uh, just kept racing him week in, week out. Um, he's, he's been fairly consistent. Um, and he's a, he's a quick little horse. And I think, um, you know, to, to sort of keep him going that way, he, he might be better suited. Um, going further out west, um, where he might be able to sort of get a thousand a bit easier than, than down here. So, um, yeah, we, after he won, um, Raymond was happy to take him, take him home and hopefully he can sort of continue, continue that form out west.
Yeah, about all about placement of horses, um, isn't it, on the day? And, uh, look, I know we you do most of your riding for Glenn. I was just looking at some statistics before, 113 rides, 13 winners. But I've been mentioning on Bushbeat lately your combination with Crystal Johnson and Craig Lee horses um, going extremely well. 41 rides, 10 wins with a return on investment of 58%, according to RaceNet. Uh, you got a nice little relationship going there with Crystal and the team at Craig Lee. Yeah, no, I've been very lucky um, with Crystal's team of horses of late. Um, they're all going really well. Um, she's been able to place them extremely well, which you know, which is a big, a big thing in racing. Um, but she's she's definitely had the horses in tip-top order all the time when they're presented to the races, and they just they've just been um, sort of ready to win, and I've been able to be on top. Um, when they have been, but they've been going great and it's a credit to Crystal and um, she's, she's doing a wonderful job um, with the small team she has now. Not a bad and week for you with that uh, double at Fangool on Saturday, but also uh, winning on De Villain, uh for Pat Duff at the Kilcoy program last Thursday. Yeah, no, that was that was a really good win for the old mare. She's, she's nine now um, and they're a lovely group of owners that I've ridden for over the years um, for Pat. Um, they they had a big thrill. Um, I think they were sort of um, not sure if she'd have any too many more wins left in her. But um, yeah, it was a it was a great win. She come from back in the field at Kilcoy, which is always a, a tough task there. Um, but yes, yeah, she, she won really well, and yeah, I think she gave everyone a good thrill on Thursday. I know it's early in the season, but the Country Jockeys Premiership, Hannah, you're sitting in fifth position at the moment. Uh, Robbie Farr, who uh, on the day there at uh, Fan Girl also had a winner. Robbie's uh, still touring around over the Christmas break. He had the winner, which we'll talk about in a moment, with a, a very excited trainer there on the day. But uh, you're sitting in fifth with those uh, 16 wins and uh, a 19% strike rate, almost 20% strike rate. Has this been one of the better seasons consistently for you? Uh, well, if you'd asked me last week, um, I would have said no. I've had a bit of a dry spell for the last month or so. We we haven't been able to crack a winner for about a month and had plenty of um, placings, but just no winners since I think the last Bengal meeting. So I would have said no. <laughs> um, yeah, things have turned around again. Yeah, I noticed you've got about a 38% uh, place uh, success rate for the season. So it's only just around the corner, those winners, and hopefully it's like the rain that's happening. It, it turns into a, you know, a flood of winners for you. Yeah, that's right. It, racing's a continuous wheel, isn't it? It just keeps turning, and I just have to sit on it and wait for it to, to be my turn, basically. Where are you off to this week? Um, we're off to uh, Rocky Thursday. Dolby Friday and possibly Gatton Saturday. <laughs> it never stops, does it? There's always plenty going on, I'm sure, at the stable, just so long as uh, Glenn doesn't crack the whip and you're doing it the other way around and telling him what to do. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, we, we get along pretty good and work together well, so it's a pretty good working relationship. Well, well done on your double there at Thangul on the weekend. Great to be able to spotlight that this morning on Bushboot, and thank you so much for joining us on the show. No worries. Thanks for having me. Looking at that calendar for the week ahead, Rob. Uh, yeah, Rocky Thursday, Dolby Friday, Gatton Saturday. They're all town. Uh, they're all uh, tab meetings. Townsville is also a tab meeting on Saturday. As is Kangaroo Island in South Australia, and we're going to spotlight that very soon on the show this morning when uh, we're joined by Tim Edwards and Mark Turner, the president of the Kangaroo Island Racing Club. And on the non-tab scene, well, funnily enough, there's no non-tab meetings in Queensland on Saturday. The uh, non-tab card is actually Sunday 
and I guess this will be weather permitting, uh, the Herbert River Jockey Club race at Ingham. But Saturday will be the continuation of the King Island Carnival, and we're going to take a look at that in a moment as well. Yeah, and just before that, Tony, I was um, I was going to uh, ask uh, Hannah. She was in the previous race before her double. What a lot of excitement uh, would have been happening on track in that benchmark 50 race when Hello Poppet for Kale Sinclair. First runner, first winner uh, for this seven-year-old mare by Fruling. Uh, first winner for Kale, ridden by Robbie Farr. It's always an exciting situation to be able to highlight, Tony, those winners, whether it be a jockey, in this case a trainer. But uh, Kale certainly got a uh, blue blood black background in terms, hasn't he, of uh, of horse racing. His uncle David, uh, or Dave Vale, uh, he'd worked for, and he'd been foreman, uh, of course, for Ricky Vale uh, in the last 18 months, uh, 30 horses in work with uh, Ricky so he's no stranger to it, but what an exciting time for him with Hello Poppet getting up at that uh, for his first runner and first winner. Yeah, great story from Jordan Gerrans on the uh, Racing Queensland socials. Uh, go to the website or their Facebook or, or uh, Instagram pages. You'll find the links there to be able to uh, have a read up there. Uh, and congratulations to Kale for that maiden triumph. And also a nice write up from Glenn Davis on the same socials from RQ with uh, Cody Morgan and the big team there mm. with Ezekiel celebrating their success in the Magic Millions Country Cup. Uh, so check out those stories if you want to catch up with some more news on some some great country racing stories. Rob, I mentioned the two KIs, Kangaroo Island, on the weekend. We'll talk soon with uh, Tim and Mark about that. But let's talk King Island right now. We had Colin McNiff on a couple of weeks ago talking about the New Year meeting. Well, Saturday, it was the uh, the second, uh, well, I think I've lost track of which was which. Might have been actually the uh, fourth, fifth meeting. We'll ask Duncan in a moment anyway. The feature was the King Island Dairy Sprint Cup taken out by Wanjidi. 500 metres left to travel, spine into the outside, drew a half length clear over Rondredi. Into third spot was Maywin is the word. Out wider on the track, Kookaburra, Avita and Master Montecito on the rails. They swing for home. 200 metres left to travel. Spine Ninja straightens for leader. Wanted the inside trying hard. Maywin is the word and Kookaburra down the outside finishing off strongly. Good finish coming up. Wanted the inside. Master Montecito getting through that field. Wanted Master Montecito. Wanted he defeated the stablemate Master Montecito. Third, Maywin is the word. Photo Chris four. Diplock, the winning trainer. Amy Herman, the winning jockey. A $21 chance. Wanjidi taking out the uh, King Island Dairy Sprint Cup there on Saturday. Fifth meeting of the season it was, Rob, when you go back, it all kicked off with Ladies' Day on the 10th of December. Beef Day was the 17th. They raced on Boxing Day. And, yes, Colin was there for the New Year's meeting. But uh, Duncan Dornoff was the voice you heard there. He was able to rest the 10 by 50s away from Colin and said, no, back in your box, go back to Hobart. I'm going on the weekend to, to King Island. And uh, he was there for recreational day. And he's with us on Bushbeat this morning. Welcome along, Duncan. Yeah, good morning, Tony. And uh, it certainly was a, a pretty big battle with Colin. I, I'll give you the tip. <laughs> he sounded like he had an absolute ball down there. And it won't be the last time that uh, one C. McNiff heads to King Island. I think uh, there'll be uh, next trip he'll be taking the golf clubs with him. Well, that's if I let him have another trip, Tony. But uh, he certainly did enjoy his day. And it's true grassroots racing because uh, on mainland Tasmania, we have long... But that's sort of the only country thoroughbred meeting we have. We have a few harnesses at uh, country venues. So uh, we sort of don't get that feel for the country racing here in Tasmania like that. Yeah, the golf clubs, Rob here, uh, Duncan, uh, the golf clubs certainly seem to be a big attraction. They must be a magnificent series of, of golf courses over there. Yeah, well, I haven't actually saw them, Rob, because we sort of go straight from the airport straight to the bakery and then onto the racetrack. But uh, 
everyone that's played there raves about the golf courses. If you love your surfing, take your surfboard. If you like going diving for crayfish, it's a, a popular attraction there too, along with the cheese, the beef. It's, uh, you know, world-class everything on King Island. The uh, program there on Saturday, uh, Randy Tan rode a double. Jim Taylor with a training treble. Jim's been racking up plenty of winners through the carnival so far. And that looks like it's set to continue this weekend when the carnival rolls along on Saturday for the Maritime Miners Rest Cup Day. This is a wonderful concept. And I heard Rick McIntosh mention it in that Hamilton race just before the show this morning, talking about the Miners Rest Cup coming up on the weekend. Just give us a little bit of news on that. Well, Henry DeWire raced uh, a few horses uh, who were owned by the local vet there, John Cleland, and he was kept by Henry Horses, so Henry thought he would go down and see this guy and make sure he'd be able to pay his bills, and Henry loved the race day. The following year, he sent down a horse called Let It Rip Reggie with a view of winning the cup and raced for the local ambulance uh, service there, and unfortunately, that season was cut short. In August, there was concerns that the King Island season wouldn't get up and going. Henry got a host of the trainers involved, including Kieran Ma, Dave Eustace, Tony and Calvin McAvoy, Andrew Noblet, Andrew Bobbin and Archie Alexander. They all went and bought a horse each. And they are currently on King Island racing for local charities. And a host of sponsors got involved, including Magic Milling, sort of the naming rights sponsor of the Minus Dress Cup, which will be held this Saturday. And in terms of the race series over there, Duncan, um, is there a top trainer, top jockey award? I notice uh, young Tommy Doyle uh, seems to be performing well with doubles and trebles. Yes, well, the Crockies uh, Premiership is very sought after because it's a $500 cash prize. Thomas Doyle was leading that going into last weekend's meeting, and I think he would just be in front. Trainers Premiership is a very tight battle between local trainers Robert Keyes and Jim Taylor and Chris Diplock. He uh, breaks a lot of horses in in Victoria and a pre-trainer, and he's uh, got that quiet time of the year, so he decided to go down and train a few horses and help the club out, and uh, he uh, will be no doubt high on that uh, trainer's premiership. So, yeah, very sought-after premiership amongst the locals, that's for sure. I was reading a story about Chris and how, yeah, he's turned it into a bit of a working holiday. To And you can think of worse things to be doing when you're on holidays than, yeah, going and training and, and doing a, a little bit of work around somewhere as beautiful as King Island. But wonderful to be able to see that little bit, I guess, of thinking outside the box is where I'm uh, trying to highlight here. Duncan, you know, Chris is doing something like that. It's almost like the guys that will go from Victoria up to Darwin for the carnival every August. Um, but to be able to do something like this concept behind the Minus Rest Cup, to be able to send over some horses and I guess with it, some valuable sponsorship and some uh, wonderful charity donations and things like that. Uh, I applaud everybody that's uh, been involved in that concept, and I hope it's something that you know is carried elsewhere. Yeah, they've certainly got a great lot of uh, media traction out of it as well, particularly in Victoria. Uh, Bruce McAvane is going to be a special guest there on Saturday. So uh, look, uh, Henry DeWire coming down to check if the local vet was legit to pay the bills to turn into <laughs> one of the magnificent race days on the country racing calendar. That's fantastic. What were some of the other highlights from last Saturday? Well, we did uh, listen to the Sprint Cup. Chris Diplock uh, trained the Cornella there with Wanderdy and Master Modesto. That was the feature event. Uh, Midnight Kisses was a good win for a, a host of local owners uh, taking out a, a Class D handicap. And uh, it was good to see Randy Tan there for double, as we mentioned, with that uh, make false report breaking his maiden status. So 
Uh, plenty of highlights there. Of course, uh, harness racing is also a big part of King Island racing. They had two races on the program as well, and uh, they'll be having their King Island Pacing Championship meeting this week as well. So on the same track, they just jump on a four-wheel motorbike, put out a few witches, hats, tractors, pylons, and uh, that makes us a great day's racing. It's quite amazing when you look at something like that. Uh, you know, everything is sort of, well, I guess even as the, the last meeting of the season says, it's Southern Airlines fly-in day on the 28th. Uh, everything like that, you know, everything from horses to jockeys. Uh, and I guess, you know, sulkies and that sort of thing, it all has to be flowing in. Yeah, yeah, there's not too much made on the island. So, And, and the cost of freight, you know, the, the bags of trap paper over there are probably double to what our listening audience would pay. So... Uh, the prize money's not brilliant, but uh, it's a love job, and they uh, certainly enjoy their racing there. Great to be able to shine a spotlight there on King Island. We might uh, grab you back next week and talk about the results of the Miners Rest Cup Day next Tuesday on the show. Sounds good, Tony. I'd love to do it. Anything to promote King Island racing, I'll be happy to talk about. Oh, wonderful. And you try and keep Colin McNiff uh, in his box and, and, and see if you can protect that little spot because it's a great spot, and you might want to make sure you keep it for yourself. Yeah, I'm tr- I've already had to try. Uh, I heard him on the program a few weeks ago, and uh, the battle began. <laughs> Good on you, Duncan. Thanks for being on the show today. Yeah, pleasure, Tony and Rob. Uh, Rob, it's uh, a wonderful story and one that we've been following over the years. The bush beat's been on the air, but it's only in the last couple of years that we've been able to really shine a bright spotlight on it. And I love that concept of the Miners Rest Cup, where they've been able to uh, yeah get that interaction from people like that. Tony, and, and this KI has something about the initials, doesn't it? King Island, Kangaroo Island. They seem to be such unique to, uh, race meetings. I know, I know even as far as Longreach, our uh, dentist out there, Mark, he's a, he's a top golfer and he's been to King Island and he was in awe with what he saw there. He didn't tell me about any race courses or anything, but what a great concept. And of course, uh, I know Danny Sheehan with his tour groups, they, they head off to Kangaroo Island, uh, for their great race meeting and, uh, and we're going to feature that as well this morning. Yeah, we've got a race commitment coming up shortly, so we're going to have to straddle across that to be able to grab some of the news here. But Tim Edwards always joins us, and Tim's been going to Kangaroo Island, I think, for about as long as Bushbeat's been on the air, and he's with us on the show this morning. G'day, Tim. Yeah, hello, Tony. Uh, good morning to you. How long have you been going to Kangaroo Island? Well, I think it's about uh, 22 years um, this year, Tony, so it, it mounts up pretty quick. Yeah, it, uh, time marches on and, and doesn't hold for anyone. I think Bushbeat, what are we, Rob, going into our 18th year this year? 18th year coming up with Valentine's Day, Tony, and good morning to you, Tim. And uh, I take it Kangaroo Island's back on the um, on the agenda for all the tourists with uh, the, the COVID years behind. Uh, plenty of people heading to Kangaroo Island for the tab meeting on Saturday the 21st. Uh, yeah, so we've got a non-tab meeting this weekend, and then of course we've got the uh, the carnival, which is happening in February. And uh, yeah, the COVID restrictions are all finished, and uh, looking forward to chatting to Mark shortly, Mark Turner, the president there at the Kangaroo Island Racing Club, because he'll be able to point us in the right direction of uh, for the for the punters and the patrons that want to get over for the day this weekend. The weather's looking really good, um, so they have a, a meeting this Saturday, and then they got a big two meetings in February as well. My apologies, I think I said before it was a tab meeting Saturday. I must have just misread the calendar there for the King's <coughs> Coat program, but that's great still. I was just having a look there already. Uh, 84 nominations for the meeting coming up on Saturday. Mm. And considering where King Island, uh, I'll get my KIs mixed up, where Kangaroo Island had been a couple of seasons back, that's wonderful to see the numbers like that. Yeah, it is, Tony, and um, it's full credit to the Kangaroo Island Racing Club. The the, the track's in outstanding condition these days. Uh, Mick, the, uh, the trackman over there, does a fantastic job, and 
Um, look, I just look, it's just one of those tracks that just keeps improving. And um, look, in all the years that I've been going there, I think they've had one year where they got uh, where they got completely washed out, and that's going back a very long time ago. That track's in fantastic nick now, and a lot of the trainers are supporting. Uh, Kangaroo Island these days, Tony. Um, and, and not only that, the, the clubs actually put up a trainers and, and jockey incentive for, uh, for the horses to come over there and, and we'll get Mark to talk about it more shortly. But, uh, there's a financial gain there, obviously, for, for trainers to send their horses over there if they think they can train enough winners over the three, uh, program dates, one in January and two in February. So they just keep moving forward and, Look, I, I've been over there, and, and there's been some big crowds. Last year was a really big crowd. Justin Huxtable won the won the cup, the local boy. Uh, and going back, I think it was about three years ago now. Just, oh, I think it was just before COVID hit, Tony. Um, they had a lot of bushfires on the island, and there was a very, very strong chance they weren't actually going to run that meeting that year. Um, but they got through, and it was the biggest crowd I've ever seen at Kangaroo Island. All the locals supported it. All of the uh, all the patrons from uh, from Adelaide got over to the island for the weekend, and it was a massive day. And that sort of just hit just prior to COVID, so uh, they've had their own battles. But um, the club's certainly in a really good position right now. We'll come back and talk more about K- uh, Kangaroo Island in just a moment as Bushbeak continues on this morning. All right, well, we will uh, see if we can wrap up things here for you, Stephen, and clear our commitments. Uh, Tim is with us getting ready for this Kangaroo Island meeting on the weekend. Are you heading over to, to call Tim, or is it like in Tasmania where uh, Colin and Duncan are arm wrestling for King Island? Have you got to arm wrestle with uh, with Mark Matthews to see who goes over to KI? Yeah, it's it's one of those meetings I do every year, Tony. Um, it's probably the only non-tab meeting that I do these days um, with work commitments. But, um, yeah, I do like getting over to Kangaroo Island. So Mark does pretty much the West Coast and, and I take care of the uh, of the Kangaroo Island meeting in January. So I'll be back there in February, of course, for the uh, for the carnival. So, um, yeah, now that's it's going to be a big day over there. The weather's looking good. Um, and as I said, Mark Turner will be joining us on the program uh, to talk about Kangaroo Island this weekend and, of course, the February meeting coming up as well. So, um, as I said, there's no restrictions. So people who are wanting to go over this weekend, uh, they can obviously get get in touch with uh, with C-Link uh, this weekend. Mark Turner, I think, is with us now. Mark, uh, good morning to you. Good morning, Tim. Good morning to everybody. How are we? Yeah, very, very good, Mark. And, of course, you're a bit excited. Of course, you've got the first of three big meetings this weekend. Um, how's everything um, moving towards Saturday? Is, of course, it going to be a, a big crowd? And, and the horse numbers look good on the uh, on the nominations so far. I think you're spot on there, Tim. I think there's something like over 80 nominations so far, which is fantastic. And I still believe that um, it's all to do with the trainers' challenge that we put up, Tim. Everybody's coming mm. over to get a few bonus points for the carnival. And... Um, no, great, great to see people are interested in KI and they get the free trip on the ferry from our major sponsor, Sealink. So it's all looking very good. Sitting in the car at the moment, oh. pouring with rain. Oh, is it really? Okay. Well, tell us yeah. about this trainers bonus, Mark. What, what's so exciting about that this year? What's the trainers excited about? Well, it's a it's a it's a ten thousand dollars prize pool, Tim. Seven for the winner, a thousand, and then broken up to second and third. You, if, if you come to the January meeting, you get bonus points which I think the previous three winners have all attended the January races to get that extra bonus couple of points and um, away they go. And that just helps you out in the February carnival. All right. So that's that's the incentive for the trainers to get across there. Of course, we're talking about this weekend. So if you're wanting to get over for this weekend, you can certainly get over and back in the same day with Sealink. 
Absolutely. Ring the old-fashioned 13, 1301. Speak to the guys and girls at uh, C-Link and they'll get you as, as easy as ABC. Quite, quite obviously, there's a lot of trainers this year, Tim, doing a lot of day trips. So things could be getting a little bit tight. So give them a ring as soon as you can and come over and, and enjoy the, the day. And we've just had Ian Ricardo over here from Racing SA having a look at our track just to give it the final tick of approval. Okay. All right. Well, tell us about uh, February, Mark. Uh, Thursday, the 16th of Feb, and, and Saturday, the 18th of Feb are the two big days. They are certainly the two t- two big days, Tim. Um, sold out at the moment, Tim. All the um, marquees uh, are sold. The long lunch is sold out. So if you're still coming, there's still plenty of room out in the general admission. Grab an umbrella. Um, we're looking for about two and a half to 3,000 people as our capacity for the um, e- event. So things are filling up very fast and very proud and very going, wow, it's all happening again with no mm. COVID restrictions and so forth. So it's excellent. Yeah, so in the years gone by, in the last couple of years, Mark, um, patrons have had to purchase their tickets online. Now, that's not happening this year. You can actually walk in and, and purchase your tickets at the gates as well. Yeah, we're going back to the old-fashioned way, Tim. Now, COVID's gone. That's all out of our life, thank God. Um, so, yes, you can still pre-book. You can get a discount if you um, book for Thursday and Saturday online through Ceiling. Um, just a bit of an incentive to hold, not hold the gate up. And then, um, yes, back to the general mission, walk up, pay your pay you $20 and away you go. So that's great. We're back and there's no COVID marshals to, to, to worry about this year. Yeah, so it's all it's all steam ahead basically leading in towards this weekend and, and the February carnival coming up. Um, and I guess, is there is there anything happening this year, Mark, in, in regards to if people are staying for the whole week? Is there something happening the day before uh, the Cup? Yes, absolutely, Tim. What We've gone back to the working night on the Thursday night after the race down the Ozone. Um, we've just mm. been announced last night that Dwayne Dunn is coming over um, to come. He's coming home to see family, and he's put his hand up to be our special guest uh, at the Ozone that night. And then the, the traditional Calcutta's back up and running, and that'll be on Friday night. All right. So the Calcutta's the Friday night, leading into the big day on the Saturday. And normally there's right. an event there on the Friday afternoon at Dudley Winery as well for those people who are staying yeah. around for the three or four you've days. The, yes, you've got the Dudley Intermission on 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 Friday, which is fantastic. Um, you got fashions of the field, Tim, and we've got a lot of people coming from um, Adelaide that just love going in that one as well. Um, based on the Saturday morning, um, the Kangaroo Spirits, KI Spirits are doing the Punters Brecky as well now out at the KI Spirits mm-hmm. at the brewery, um, distillery, sorry. So that's like $60 a person. And they're also running the um, Kangaroo Spirits Long Lunch, which is already being sold out. And just in right. hand there, Tim, mm-hmm. um, sorry, they're, uh, we're celebrating 140 years of racing this year on KI. Wow, 140 years. 140 years, 1883 when it all started, way back in all those days on Emi Bay Beach, and here we are today, 140 years later, still running around, running around the track. Yeah, the club certainly come to, uh, you know, they keep improving, as I said to Tony a short time ago, Mark, so that's a credit to you and your team, and uh, we wish you the very best of luck for this weekend on Saturday, but uh, for those people who do want to get over either this Saturday or in February... On those two days, the 16th and 18th of February, the best thing to do is, I guess, contact C-Link. Absolutely, Tim, and I believe you're calling on Saturday, so we'll see you Saturday and have a chat. Yeah, will do. Thanks, Mark, for your time. Uh, Thanks very much, Tim. Pleasure. See you, mate. Bye.
OK, Mark Turner there, the uh, our special guest on Bushbeat, Tony and Steve. And, of course, uh, Steve, I know you've been to Kangaroo Island before. It's, uh, it's a big event, from... isn't it? Oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. And just the food over there and the different things you can do, different farms and plus the races, it's just so, yeah, it's on the bucket list for sure. It's And particularly in, with, um, in recent years, with all the cooking and things that have been highlighted on shows mm. like MasterChef too, it's only mm. generated more interest in, the, in going to the island. Hey, yeah, Jim, it certainly it... has. It's... It... Sorry? I had a query. I had a, I had a, qu- a feeling that there's uh, been a horse in recent years really excels at Kangaroo Island. Like horses for courses, they grow another leg on certain tracks. Is that the case at Kangaroo Island in the cup races? Well, yeah, it can be. Um, it, it can it can be that way. Um, I know David Page has had some success with Splash Them Cash the last couple of years at the KI mm-hmm. Cup. And, of course, we've had um, Hurricane Sunny, another one of David's that's... Uh, gone particularly well over there and I know Paula Trenworth takes a team over there every year uh Peter Blanche has done that in the past and and there are some horses you're exactly right that go over there and they 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 prick their ears when they get on the boat because they know that where (laughs) they're going is 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 a happy place and um it is certainly horses for courses situation I've seen good horses go over there and get beat as well uh boys so it's not just you know that the favorites win over there it doesn't always happen I know I I see from the nominations sorry go on Rob Oh, I noticed Kim Healy's going with a horse, uh, Stradivari, that uh, was out at Batuta and uh, Birdsville, um, and uh, he looks like he's resuming at that particular meeting. So I don't know how many times Kim's been there, but he's got a couple going over that I, I managed to see running around uh, the Batuta race day. Yeah, well, well, Kim's probably been there just as many times as I have. So um, <laughs> Kim's been going most years that I've been there anyway. It's uh, yeah, he he's one of the trainers that supported this meeting in the early days. And, and look, I can remember back going back maybe you know, six, seven years ago now, guys. That uh, this this tab, this non-tab meeting in January struggled to get a meeting. There were four or five horse fields most of the day. And look, to be honest, these days they're running probably eight horse fields at least in this January meeting. And uh, come February, we're getting full fields, capacity lineups in every race. So it's it's come a long way, and and that's a credit to the club because these incentives for trainers to get over there they're important. And if you can throw some money on the end of the uh, on the end of the line, it certainly draws the trainers here to, to Kangaroo Island. Yeah, very much so. We might get you back on the show next week, Tim, just to recap on what happens mm. at the other KI, as much as the website is kiraces.com for Kangaroo Island. But like uh, Duncan talking about King Island, uh, we might have a, a look back at the uh, the non-tab media at, uh, at the South Australian KI next week with you on the show. Yeah, we can certainly do that, Tony. We can touch base on, on what happened over there and we can give everyone a bit of an update on, on the track condition as we sort of storm towards February. Wonderful. Thank you for joining us this morning. All right, thanks, guys. Tim Edwards there looking at the other KI with Kangaroo Island Racing this weekend along with King Island Racing in Tasmania. And as I mentioned, Rob Ingham uh, race on Sunday is going to be the uh, the lone Queensland non-tab meeting this weekend. I was having a look at the calendar coming up and, gee, aren't there some big meetings as we start to kick off things for 2023? First meeting for the new year at Roma is going to be the 18th of February. Uh, Mount Isa and Blackhall resume racing on February 25. Cunnamulla's back up in action on the 4th of March. And the 4th of March is when the Burn It to the Beach series will resume at Gympie. And this is all counting down, of course, to the 2023 Battle of the Bush. That will be kicking off before we know it on the 15th of April. Qualifiers at Gundawindi and Gympie that day, as well as uh, early April, the Magic Millions Rob Kosh Memorial Far North Queensland Up and Coming Stay Series will be kicking off at Inersley on Inersley Cup Day. And you mentioned Battle of the Bush. And when when you go back to that Thangirl meeting, Tony, have a look at race one. Olivia Cairns, who's uh, already a dual winner with either Battle of the Bush or uh, the Country Stampede, 
Fire King, a very consistent, worthy cause in that provincial area of Mackay, suddenly appearing in a non-tab, first non-tab run for Fire King and gets up over Isis Camilla and Kravitz in that open handicap. I just think there might be a little move by Olivia uh, to have Fire King headed to the Battle of the Bush. Uh, and great to see Rebecca Kerwin get the win also with Curick there that uh, had also shown form in the Central West. But I'm keeping an eye on that uh, Fire King. I know a uh, young Max Tanks in uh, Longreach has a particular liking for this horse, and he let me know he thought that's the path it might be taking. So it's already mm-hmm. progressing towards that stage. You'll find trainers planning their programs. Which is something we were talking about last week on the show. I think yeah, people are starting to find the right sort of horses for the right sort of conditions. And as you were highlighting, so important to go through the conditions and just see if there have been any changes. It's all there printed in, well, I won't say being black yep. and white because half the time it's in green and white or blue on blue or orange <laughs> and blue or something like that, depending on who's doing the race magazine that month. But, yeah, all the conditions are there. And I think yeah, everyone's starting to get towards uh, working out what kind of horse they need. I, I think that's the important thing. It is there in, in black and white, as you say, Tony, and it, it is up to trainers and owners to become aware of it, and people are more and more so. You know, I had a good conversation with Johnny Mansman with our horse, Brazian Breckier. I said, John, when you bought this horse, did you know it was eligible? He said, I know all that before I go and buy it, Rob. You know, that's part of the part of the research you've got to do, and, you know, I really appreciate it as an owner. Uh, so, um, you know, get in and know your facts and figures and uh, aim for that battle of the bush. And, of course, horses that have been going through the country stampede process, they've already acquired some of their non-tab runs that make it easier to have those five before a heat comes up. Uh, so we'll be showing, uh, taking plenty of interest in any horses that look like they might be on that path. But, again, if you've got any uh, news of country racing, just email me at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au. I'll be back in Longreach on Friday for a week before heading back to the Gold Coast. And uh, again, as I said, Tony, we're counting down to that March sale, uh, the cutest sale that has such an interest for Queensland uh, owners and trainers. But uh, back next week, Tony, uh, we'll look forward to it as always on Bushbeat. Good on you, Rob. Have a great week and we'll catch you next Tuesday.